global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks have halted a three-day slide. Volatility is easing. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, they are all advancing. S&P up eight now to 2446. That is a gain of three-tenths of one percent. Dow Industrials up 53 to 21,897, up two-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ up 48, up by eight-tenths of one percent. Tenure up 132nd, the yield there 2.19%. Gold up 390 the ounce to 1290, up three-tenths of one percent. West Texas Intermediate Crude up 25 cents a barrel to 48.84, a gain there of five-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Snapchat's in trouble. You might think that if you look at stock price, stock price is down big time today, big time from its high trades of uh, uh, in the IPO. It got up, up over, second day of the IPO, it got up over $29 a share. But if you look at shares of Snap today, stock's trading at $12.12, down 12% for the day. All those unlucky 12s, Jutendra Wuerl is Bloomberg Intelligence Global Internet Analyst. And Jutendra, flying hot dogs aren't enough for these guys? Dancing <laughs> hot dogs, I should say. Dancing hot dogs. Well, Basically, they're not growing users as fast as expected. Same thing with sales. And uh, this quarter particularly, uh, they had increasing revenue coming from the self-serve platform, which is great for long-term revenue scaling, but uh, it hammers pricing. So basically, you know, the best revenues and the expectations for second half because of that are, is going to be muted. Well, so that you're talking about analyst expectations. Yes. People like you. <laughs> Who cares what you think, Jitendra? No, See, no, the, I, 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 the, I, I the kid you. Here. No, no, seriously, but the problem with the business is what's even more important to me as much as I care about you, Jay. Yeah, like you mentioned, you know, the bigger <laughs> problem here is the mismatch between expectations and what stage of monetization the company is right now. And those expectations come from valuation. I mean, we saw that the valuation was significantly high when uh, it, it came to the market. Uh, even now, it's trading higher than... Facebook um, on, on some multiples, if you actually look at, uh, you know, the fully diluted basis. So with those high valuation comes high expectations and with uh, lack of transparency into exactly when some of these monetization avenues are going to kick in, when are they going to accelerate, it just becomes difficult. And that's why you see all this volatility. Yeah, and it is interesting to see this because, you know, one of the parts of this is that the business uh, – tell me if I'm wrong with this the, – the, the notion was – uh, Snapchat has a bunch of users, and they spend a lot of time on their phones, on, on Snapchat, but they're not seeing a lot of ads now. So all they can do is throw some ads in front of the people that are already there, and, and, the, and the, uh, they'll get a lot more revenue. Yes, but how they're throwing those ads is what's sort of changing right now. It's much more automated, and it's only going to increase, and the, one of the problems with that is – or side effects of that is pricing. Uh, so uh, until the pricing normalizes, it becomes difficult to gauge, like, if the revenue growth will meet expectations or not. You know, one thing that's really working for them, though, is the TV show pivot that they're doing. They're trying to pitch these um, exclusive millennial-focused TV shows with partners. They're getting good traction. I think that's uh, that's something unique uh, that they can double down on. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that. So, you know, it sounds like what you were saying is that the the typical ad campaign for for Pinterest, well, it might have been had a lot, a lot of revenue, 
was custom created, where the, the images or whatever the ad was had to be custom created for the size of the screen and to the certain kind of user, and it wasn't a program. Like if you go to a website, quite often there's a, a similar design between different websites, and there's a little there's a web banner on the top, and there's a little square on the upper right-hand corner, right, and those right. are a standard size so that advertisers can program ads to show up where they want. And right. Pinterest, meanwhile, has to have every ad has to be custom, so they're limiting how much volume they can accept in ads. Yeah, uh, so interestingly, like now basically they're making it easier for advertisers to advertise on the platform so you can log in and advertise tomorrow versus before it was more Salesforce driven model, if you may, uh, while they were building these tools. Uh, I think the, the bigger uh, question over here is, will the volume of ads can overcome the pricing in the near term? Because, you know, we're seeing that with the sales miss that they have in second quarter, technically they have incremental sales coming from this uh, new avenue, but still you missed uh, expectations, which, uh, you know, weren't that uh, high, to be honest. So having some guidance into, like, exactly how this trajectory is going to move uh, for this year, until you have that, this is this volatility is going to continue. Yeah, it's it's interesting too with these guys. What what are the issues around the Android phones? I, I didn't quite understand that. There was a mention in the conference call saying that they didn't expect the issues to go away until 2018, and I thought, yes, well, second quarter of 2018, and that's that's, that's kind bigger, of important. <laughs> that is like most phones. That is very important. You see, uh, the growth, the user growth that we're seeing, the slowdown in user growth that we're seeing at, at Snap. You know, this is this uh, is not going to change anytime soon, really, because. Instagram and Facebook has a much larger presence outside of uh, the U.S. versus Snap, and they're taking all these features and getting great traction there. And Android's penetration is higher in some of these areas. And basically, uh, users who are using an Android are facing performance issues uh, in terms of like how uh, free-flowing the app is versus iOS, and that's what they're, they're struggling with. It baffles me why it's taking them so long to, to actually fix those issues, but... Uh, Having those uh, that timeline of two Q eighteen actually works against the theory that user growth could recover. Well, although it also says to me that what they're doing is actually really hard. That I can mock the dancing hot dogs, and I'll send you a picture of my daughter with, with the video <laughs> with the dancing hot dogs. My my ten year old, she loves it. Maybe I'll put it on the Instagram on the Twitter. Um, but uh, you know, dancing hot dogs actually it looks like it's really hard to do, and you can see it in the numbers. You can see the. The big expenses that they've got. You can mm-hmm. see the, uh, the the cost for hosting. You can see the technological problems they're having with Android. Yeah. And that's just me. What they're doing technologically might be stupid, but it's really hard. It is. It is. It is hard. That is true. But you look at the pace of innovation of competition too, right? Like how quickly they're catching up in one quarter. You almost get as much as the audience that Snapchat has by copying the features and things like that. So yeah, but no you one's have copied to... the hot dog or the, the, <laughs> the puppy dog with the like, the tongue. It's so cute. You remember the emoji coach? Ever show you that video? Yeah, yeah. So, Charming. so that's, so that's the exclusive content pitch, right? I think you know that's what could differentiate them. They're better off becoming a TV for millennials uh, than just becoming a full-fledged social network and being identified uh, as you know direct competition to Facebook or. Uh, or Instagram uh, particularly and things like that. So differentiation on that front and increasing monetization on that front is is the saving grace here. Jatena Rawal, I do care about what you think. Uh, Jay, thank uh, you, thank you very much. Jatena Rawal from Bloomberg Intelligence uh, joining us from our 96 96.0 studios in San Francisco. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Snap shares, as I mentioned, still at 12.12, down 12% uh, for the day. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets. This is Bloomberg. 
Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1061, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. It is indeed Bloomberg Markets. Corey Johnson here. I can't give any Carol Master today. She's off, but... You know, we tell you what time it is. We tell you what the weather is. We tell you what the traffic is. But where to park? We have a fascinating story about the parable of parking presented by Lyft. But first, let's get some business news headlines from Charlie Pellet. And we'll tell you what's going on with oil. Right now, let us get the numbers at the close of floor trading on the Dimex. Brought to you by USCF. Invest in what's real. Visit uscfinvestments.com. That's USCF investments.com. West Texas Intermediate Crude up four tenths of one percent, up 18 cents a barrel, 48.76 on WTI. U.S. equities higher across the board. Stocks halting a three-day slide. Volatility is easing. Treasury slipping as markets begin to stabilize after a week of verbal sparring between the United States and North Korea. The dollar fell after American inflation remained subdued. Jim Paulson is chief investment strategist at Luthold Wheaton Capital Management. He says consumers are doing well right now. Well, there could be, you know, a couple rough months here. Who knows? Um, I think we might end the year higher, and uh, I think that's more important to keep keep focused on. And right now we do have the S&P up 6 at 2444, a gain there of three-tenths of 1%. NASDAQ up 43, up seven-tenths of 1%. And uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 37 points, a gain there of two-tenths of 1%. Some big investors have been warning now would be a good time to reduce levels of risk in portfolios. Ray Dalio, who leads the world's largest hedge fund at Bridgewater Associates, recommends investors consider placing 5 to 10% of their assets in gold as a hedge against current political and economic risks. Right now, now we've got gold up three tenths of one percent to twelve ninety the ounce, higher by four dollars and twenty cents. J.C. Penney reported earnings this morning. Shares plunging now by sixteen point eight percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Parking. Forget the parking, the dance floor. What about parking for a, a Lyft, for Uber, and the like? And what does it mean? What is the, what are the lessons to be learned from these companies that consider everything that affects their business model? Uh, Bloomberg News, uh, Bloomberg, I should say, Business Week technology writer Joshua Brustein joins us right now. And uh, with this uh, wonderful story in Business Week, uh, the peculiar parable of the Lyft lot. What is the Lyft lot? So the Lyft lot is just the parking lot that the um – that Lyft inherited when they moved into a new building in the Mission District in 2014. The Mission District in San Francisco. In San Francisco, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is which is which is sort of their first real big headquarters as a business was getting started. And the Mission District is a peculiar uh, part of San. All parts of San Francisco are peculiar, but uh, it is a place, among other things, that's noted for its distinct lack of parking. Absolutely, and so they had a lot that had 53 spots in it. And this seemed like just such a great boon at first. I don't know where their offices are in the mission, but 53 spots in the mission is a ton. Yeah. 
It was uh, it was a lot, and it was a surprise for them. I have a friend whose restaurant was next to a funeral home, and that was like the best. It was the Slam the Door, one of the one of the great restaurants in San Francisco. Got off the ground in part because they had access to the the mortuary's parking lot around the corner, so people could actually drive in and park there, and they could charge more money for food because they could get a higher income clientele, and it completely changed the trajectory of this great business. <laughs> That's amazing. So fifty three spots. So fifty three spots. Um, and what happened was. Everyone started driving. Uh, even people who hadn't been driving before decided, well, if there's a chance I'll get a spot, then I'll come in. And uh, people at the company realized that they wanted to try to do something about this. And at first, they were giving the spots away for free. It was, you know, it was a company benefit. And so a couple of employees came up with the idea to start charging the market rate for parking. The market being whatever Lyft employees would be willing to pay. And the idea was that this would discourage people from driving as much. And then they so take they basically the, created an auction within the company. Yeah, pretty much. And and then the money that they made would be used to help fund alternative uh, commuting benefits. So, you know, Lyft credits, uh, credits to take the BART or so on. What happened? Well, at first people were angry. No one likes to lose their free parking. And there were some concerns that, for instance... Not even a monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> no $200, no pass and go. And then what happened? Exactly. And and so uh, people were concerned that, oh, if I was, you know, that only only the highest paid employees would be able to afford, afford the parking and so on. Um, but after a little bit, people really warmed up to the idea. It created predictability. Um, people who paid for spots knew they would have them. And... People who didn't pay for spots, you know, were getting something extra on the side. Uh, there was also a secondary market that actually arose where people would sell off um, a day's worth of their monthly spot if they didn't need to drive in that Wait, day. Wait, they're scalping at Lyft? <laughs> it, it was – there was actually a – it wasn't a set – formally set price, but it was socially unacceptable to charge more than $10 per day. But it was, but there was literally scalping of your, you could have a secondary market for your parking pass you'd acquire it through a bidding process. Exactly. It was like a stub hub for parking spots, but only for Lyft employees. I knew a guy in college who was, who would sell, uh, his, his career as a, t- as a ticket scalper began when he was scalping tickets to the high holidays at his synagogue back home. Uh, <laughs> it's good to get that experience. That didn't happen at Lyft. And so, so what's the status of it now? So interestingly, um, the people who started the program got very excited and thought, everyone will adopt this. It's working so well for us. Um, and they went to other tech companies who they knew had bad parking situations. And everyone said, yeah, there's no way we're doing that. We're not taking away a benefit. No matter what the benefit is, people will leave and they'll go, you know, from Facebook to Google or whatever if we take away their parking. You mean the Affordable Care Act, uh, 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 same deal. <laughs> the benefit once given does not – it's like a car to take away. It's really interesting that also this sort of market approach is, is coming from, from Lyft, which is seen as the kinder, gentler uh, Uber. Yeah, absolutely. The, the funny thing is that this park – this idea to parking is seen um, within sort of transportation nerds. This is like one of the fantasies to be able to charge market rate for parking because – Right now, cities generally have a lot of free street parking, and there's a, a thought that this contributes to a lot of the traffic problems because everyone just circles looking for spots, and people aren't really paying what they um, what it should cost them to drive.
but maybe you know market rates for everything isn't the best way to solve uh, is it does not it does not provide sort of equality from our government to all people that you know more benefits accrue to the rich when you charge for everything yeah and absolutely that's a good point as well um, fascinating story from Lyft. And so, uh, so is, have these employees tried to create a startup? There are all these parking startups in in, uh, in technology as well. Yeah. So the last um, the last I talked to them, both of both of the guys who started have left the company. Uh, they're both interested in something along these lines, but haven't hit on exactly the way that they would do it. So you know, TBD. Startup. Watch this space. Startup to come. Ever the story of Silicon Valley. Uh, great story. Uh, again, the story uh, in. Bloomberg Business Week is called The Parable, The Particular, Peculiar Parable of the Lift Lot. Uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, Joshua Brustein, uh, the author of this illustrated piece, even. It's like a graphic novel in two pages. Um, uh, maybe all of Business Week should be a graphic novel. Some issue, I think, is the next plan. All right, you listen to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. So Nathan Hager right now. He's going to look at world and national news headlines from our 991 studios in Washington, D.C. Thanks, Corey. First President Trump warned of fire and fury. Now he has tweeted that military options are locked and loaded should North Korea act unwisely. The rhetoric is ramping up. But Bloomberg National Security Team leader Bill Ferries notes the military posture doesn't appear to be doing the same. Secretary of Defense James Mattis has been on a tour of the West Coast. He visited uh, Amazon's headquarters. Uh, he's visiting Google today. Uh, I would I would think that if if U.S. military action were more imminent, uh, you'd expect the Secretary of Defense to be jumping on a plane and heading back to Washington. So far, that's not what we're seeing. The president does plan to get a briefing today from Secretary of State Rex Tillerson and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley about uh, Tillerson's recent trip to Southeast Asia. A train crash in Alexandria, Egypt, has left at least 36 people dead, more than 100 others hurt. The head of ambulance services in Egypt says a train coming from Cairo hit another one that was arriving from Port Said. They're still lifting wreckage to save people trapped inside. Deadly train crashes are relatively common in Egypt, mainly due to uh, decades of poorly maintained equipment and bad management. A handful of Democratic lawmakers is renewing its push for an investigation into Deutsche Bank's loans to President Trump and its role in helping Russians shift billions of dollars to the West. House Financial Services Ranking Member Maxine Waters has written to Chairman Jeb Henserling urging him to issue subpoenas to Deutsche. This is Waters' fourth attempt to force an investigation. Checking the leaderboard at the PGA Championship in Charlotte, North Carolina, Kevin Kisner remains alone at the top, eight under, through two rounds, the 134. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. This is Bloomberg.